Hey everybody, this is Josh. I just wanted to give you a quick disclaimer about this episode before we begin. We recorded this over a week ago to talk about No Time to Die, the latest James Bond film, having been delayed to November because of the coronavirus. Since then, a lot of other things have changed. We don't talk about those in this episode, but we do have a second episode coming out later this week that will talk about that a little more. Since then, several other movies have been pulled from the calendar, postponed. Some of them, like Fast 9, have been sent all the way to 2021. And at the time we're releasing this episode, we just found out that Regal Cinemas and AMC Theaters are both suspending operations, closing their facilities, in order to encourage people to stay home to help prevent this virus from spreading even further. We don't know how long this will last. AMC said in a statement that they're hoping to be back in 6 to 12 weeks. We'll see. We're certainly hopeful that things can get back to normal as soon as possible. This is obviously a strange and concerning time for a lot of people, so we hope you're doing what you can to stay safe and healthy. With that, enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. <laughs> What's happening? I heard a low frequency oh gurgle. I, I am I, and, I'm, and I'm sick, but I'm here anyway to do this show. You may have to cut that out. No. That, may, that may disturb our listeners. No, I felt my body shake. <laughs> No, you keep that in there. We'll see. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I am sick today, so we're going to power through this. We have, This is a, honestly, to be completely open and transparent with our viewer, listeners, viewers, this is a train wreck of a show because we got totally thrown off schedule. Yeah. So what we were planning to do was to start the James Bond series with Daniel Craig yep. in, uh, in anticipation of No Time to Die being released in April. However, you may have seen the news that um, MGM decided to globally push forward the release or push back the release mm-hmm. of the movie until November. They say because of concerns about the coronavirus around the world. So now it will come out around Thanksgiving instead of April. So we will not be reviewing uh, James Bond quite yet. We'll do it, I guess, later this year. So today we're just going to talk a little bit about what we have been up to. We're going to talk about this story and kind of the impact of this uh, global virus on Hollywood because this is the first major movie to be pushed back, but it may not be the last. Yeah. Especially since, as of recording just yesterday, we found out the South by Southwest was canceled. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a big, uh, big deal. A big deal, and there's a big film presence there. So this might keep happening as it continues to get worse. Uh, and we've also seen some new movies that we'll talk about. We'll talk a little bit about uh, right. Pixar's Onward. Yep. Talk about the Invisible Man, so that's mm-hmm. all stuff to look forward to. Call us the ocean, because we're being current today. Current events, everybody. Current events. Why you can we... wave to us. <laughs> Why do we keep you here? Ah! I, I only do it because I know they're going to frustrate you. Yeah, yeah, they frustrate they mostly should, Josh. Well, he's already sick. Yeah, I'm already sick. You should say you don't great. have coronavirus. I, well, well, I have not been tested. Have been tested. I have not been tested. However, yeah. I don't have a fever. This so might be our last podcast. You've not been tested, but this sickness is testing you. It won't be our last podcast, because we have a special... I uh, think we're going to do a little later in the show. Since uh, oh, yeah. we got our, 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 our normal schedule messed up, we have to do something new. Well, yeah, we got to figure okay. it out. Yeah. All right. So All right. I wanted to, let's talk. I got this um, 
Hollywood Reporter article out about um, uh, No Time to Die. So, um, we just found this out, what, last week, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I think Wednesday. It's being pushed back a full six months. Mm-hmm. It's pretty unprecedented for something like this to happen, especially for these reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to this art, this Hollywood Reporter article, um, in China specifically, they have closed 70,000 movie theaters. Wow. Yeah. Because of this virus. And China, you know, is like, I believe, like ground zero for the, for the, for the virus right now. <laughs> so there's a lot of sickness happening there. And a lot of places are shut down and people are kind of just holed up in their homes. And the the report also says that um, movie going has taken a dive in other markets like South Korea and Italy. Italy is another uh, country that has been hit pretty hard with the virus. Um, what do, what is our reaction to this? What do y'all? Th- is this the is it the right move at the right time? Is it going to make a difference? I don't know. I, I am worried about the impact because, like, right now what's happening is is that we've seen, well, <clears throat> we've seen two major things that are being postponed. I'm wondering if it's going to have any repercussions of anything that's in the future. For instance, Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. I just read a I just read an article about Cannes Film Festival. If they push it back, and how much of an impact it's going to have, because many movies, many movies, specifically open at film festivals for uh, for notoriety as well as uh, as well as for publishing rights. There's a lot of money that moves around during film during film festivals, especially as big as Cannes. If Cannes gets canceled. That's going to be a huge, that's going to be a huge, uh, oh, what do you call it? It's going to be a huge train wreck for for, for uh, viewing movies because mm-hmm. now we're not going to know them. And people will have a really tough time finding distributors. Yeah. And if people don't go to the movies, uh, obviously we can't discuss the art of film. And obviously we can't, because it's movies like, <coughs> like Parasite. Parasite was recognized at last year at Cannes Film Festival, won the Palm d'Or, won Best Picture this year, as well as three other Oscars. I'm worried about like what significant impact it's going to have because we just had we just had Sundance, but that's really the first big one. The biggest one of all is Cannes. Uh, the the second biggest one this year was South by Southwest. Um, hopefully, maybe they'll postpone it. And maybe they will, maybe they'll do something. A little you can't later postpone this year. something like that. You got to outright cancel it. Yeah. In my opinion, like mm-hmm. you can't be like, ah, oh, we're gonna move it down to here. I mean, they could, but that the logistics that are involved with all of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is too much. Mm-hmm. Is too much for something like that. And, for the Bond movie, it's just going back to the Bond movie. Mm-hmm. I, I've got this Deadline article that basically says this is purely. I'll read this paragraph. This is purely an economic decision and not one based on growing fears over the coronavirus. Bond is a day-and-date worldwide release, and with the franchise back in the hands of MGM fully, the Daniel Craig movies along with Universal and parties involved need to have all the foreign territories working at their maximum in order for for the latest Bond to be a continued box office success. For a tentpole of this size and scope, that kind of decrease in business would have a significant and detrimental impact on the film's ultimate global take. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Hollywood Reporter. I agree. Uh, is reporting that they expect MGM is expected to lose thirty to fifty million dollars by moving this film six months. Yeah, that sucks. That's probably nothing compared to. Well, I wonder if what if that what their projections were for what they would have made releasing right. it, and they're going, you know, even if we release it later in the year, we're gonna hit, we're take a hit now with you know thirty to fifty million. We'll make it up in the at the end of the year. It sounds like they were essentially thinking, if we move it, we could lose thirty to fifty million dollars, but if we keep it with so many theaters closed around the world. They're saying that it could have resulted in a minimum of thirty percent shaved off the box office total. Yeah, and that would be more than thirty to fifty million. I, uh, a long shot. I I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a bad decision to move it globally, because here in a, here in the United States, Canada, Mexico, the number of cases is still I think under a thousand. Definitely, it's certainly lower than it is on other continents. And you know, I, I think we had we had like what two or three confirmed deaths. So, like, it's obviously uh, something that we're aware of and we're alert to here, but, like, I don't think that there's much reason to change the American, the Canadian, Mexican release date, you know, like the traditional North American release date here in the United States on that level. I understand that internationally, I mean, look, anything, even beyond film, anything that deals with China is taking a huge hit right now. Right. Um, you can even look at something as minor as the state of Texas... Uh, exports pecans to China. Well, they can't now, and like, because you have to export pe- pecans in a certain amount of time. I say pecans. I don't know if other people say it differently. You have no, to do that a certain amount of time because pecans right. Pecan. They rot. So, like, that's a whole business that, like, a lot of people don't even think of. That's just going completely, that's just taking a big hit because they can't ship to one of the <laughs> biggest buyers in the entire country of China. And so that, you, you maximize that to, like, the film industry where tons of movies have to basically eat, you know, like one of the biggest distributors in the country. Because, like I said, 70,000 theaters are closed. So, like, this is impacting not just No Time to Die, but, like, the releases for Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, 1917, Jojo Rabbit, and Doolittle have all been postponed in China. Wow. They've still obviously come out here in America long ago, and some of them even uh, last year. But those have all been put, put, postponed until such time as the you know the government says hey you know we can go back to the movie theaters and museums and art festivals again and all that stuff um i think that the so i i think it's kind of a i think it's kind of a weird decision to push it back globally i think they could have made a good amount of money here and then you release it in yeah november or december in china if things are better and but, you'll make well, that money it, up i don't like, know if it's i don't know what international is, pushback you know china's a huge film market mm-hmm. Um, this is Daniel Craig's final Bond movie, mm-hmm. so it's a significant release. And I think, like, what I think they have to think about a lot of different consequences here. Obviously, there's the obviously they're looking at the economic situation. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the um, people gathering in large spaces situation with this virus going around, especially in countries where it's very um, prevalent. Mm-hmm. But then you're looking at, I think, on a much lower level, obviously, because this shouldn't matter as much, but with a movie like this, do you risk upsetting or alienating fans when a significant chunk of the world got to see the movie six months ago, and you ha- and it may have been spoiled for you or ruined for you within yeah. that time? I mean, you got like, to I think about it. What if, what if that had happened to, like, Endgame? Yeah. 
Yeah. And half the world couldn't see it for six months after it came out, and they already found out what happened. Yeah, you do have to worry about pirating in that sense. And so, pirating as well, which yep. is another economic concern. I'm, I, I'm curious. <clears throat> now, again, as a, as the lone person who's never, ever seen a Bond movie, right? Everybody else has seen at least one I Bond movie. One, yeah. um, no. Don't they normally release them around Thanksgiving anyway? This article says that <clears throat> the pushing it back brings it back to November, which is the season he's launched from largely going back to 1995's GoldenEye. Um, I'm wondering why they would release it in April anyway of a movie of that caliber. That seems like an odd time for this movie to have been released. I feel like, in general, Hollywood's been pushing the blockbuster time frame up to April, uh, roughly since, I feel like, Yeah, but not early April. Like, you might be able to get away with, like, late April. Black Panther came out in February. Well, Yeah. yeah. Like no, it's it's Captain going Marvel back. in March. Yeah, like uh, the last two Avengers movies mo- both released at the it's end of April, and summer not, anymore, not May. But so, do you think that those movies were blockbusters just because they were? Because like that became a blockbuster, and it was a big, obviously Marvel movie. But at the same time, it was unproven and untested at, the, at that particular character. Now, obviously, the first major African American superhero mm-hmm. is going to be a, a huge draw, mm-hmm. but. Is still untested. So do we? I mean, because it became a blockbuster, would it have been considered that beforehand? Just because it was a Marvel? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's trying to. Ca- I think you know they're trying to capitalize on. There's not. This isn't necessarily. I, I don't think looking at it a huge year in terms of competition. This, I think this an year so far release, has been they could, duds. They could release it really it early April and kind of run April. I think for the most part until until uh, Black Widow shows up. Which Disney and, and and Marvel Studios have said that as of right now they have no plans to push back the release date for Black Widow. It'll still release uh, in May when that's when it's intended to. Well, and these are I don't some, know how. I guess they're going to eat that hit in term in China. These are some of these uh, movies that the new release date Bond is going up against, and they're movies that I don't know anything about. Yeah, there you go. Um, they've got let's see, the ones they list are Will Smith, King Richard. Um. Disney's Raya and the Last Dragon, oh, yeah, they and Sony's Dragon. comedy The Happiest Season. I don't know what any of those are. No, yeah. I've never. No, heard November of those. will be a good month for it. I mean, no, no, Knives Out released in last November, and it uh, has is. I mean, it dominated all the way through to to today, first few weeks of March. It it didn't drop below a million dollars for a weekend until this last weekend. So, like, if you do, if you have a good November release date, you cash in on that. Thanksgiving weekend, and you can hold out until maybe till Christmas weekend. Then you know you got a chance to make probably more money than they might have made here. But with, with yeah, no time to die coming out of Thanksgiving. I think is a much smarter move financially. Because yeah, I mean the the only uh, this Raya and the Last Dragon is a Disney animation film, so it will be a big deal. Is but, it not going up against Kingsman? Yeah, <laughs> who knows when that movie's coming out? <laughs> but, but other than that, there's no temporal <clears throat> releases for. Thanksgiving, as of right now, just yeah. no. Now it's no time to die, but previously it was just Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, the Eternals will have been a few weeks old at that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when was it supposed to come out? April what? April twenty fourth. Yeah, something like that. Fairly mm-hmm. late. Fairly late in the uh, in the month. Yeah. Let's see. No, who I don't remember who sent that first. It was either Josh or Andrew, but I thought it was one of those Onion articles at first because I was like, what? This is not real. You know, it don't make no sense. And then I was like, oh, no. And, you know, the thing is, this isn't necessarily the first 
April 10th is when it was oh, supposed to come. There you go. Oh, my. So, you know, both very wrong. Like we talked about, South by Southwest is getting canceled outright. Yep. Uh, one of the most popular uh, film, I don't know what to call it, film pop culture events, it's a, really. It's a festival. I mean, they do all kinds of stuff music, film, internet stuff. Like, it's, it's a very popular event. Uh, it generates roughly $300 million every year for Austin. It's going to be a huge hit it's, for it's the economy there. Anything that's going to involve international travel is at risk. Uh, there's talks of uh, even canceling WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. But, uh, I mean, anything that's going to have Here's my that level concern. of commitment. <clears throat> the Olympics are in Tokyo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they've said they're going on with those. Like, mm, <laughs> I know. They, didn't they say if they don't have it contained by what? May that they were going to consider like maybe postponing them. Well, here's the thing, IOC. I hate to tell you, they're not going to have it contained by May. No, yeah, they're not. Well, and again, they, they, everybody, all the stuff they're saying is that any kind of vaccine is more than a year away because you can't just be like, okay, let's do it. You got to go through X yeah, amount of testing. Brand new you, you have to find the thing, and then you have to test it to make sure that it's safe for people to use. Now, and that can't be done overnight. We're in a situation where it seems to be worse for. Um, the elderly and those with underlying health conditions. But we're still talking about thousands of the world's greatest amateur athletes yep. being in the same city at one time, and you got to wonder how many of them are going to feel safe mm-hmm. yeah. um, being in such a confined space together. Right. Well, and the potential of... countries will, will, will pull out before they would just that's possible too. That's true. I, I'm sure they'll... Yeah, some countries will probably end up pulling out. But then you have the potential of... Everybody in one central location. Just because you're in good health doesn't mean you cannot have it. No, it's just you're just more likely to get over it. Right, but the potential for you to spread it to those people that are all in those confined spaces and for those people to then spread it to all of those people in a bigger... That creates a more global panic, especially because that is literally the most global of events. Right, then you have all those thousands of people going back to their home countries... Potentially with this virus. Right. There's a lot of things to be thinking about. Yeah. Although, I mean, how long has it been since the Olympics have been canceled? It's been a very long time. The, the it's la- happened. The but, last uh, time, yeah, the last time it was, the Olympics were canceled, I think was like World War II. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't even cancel it after Munich. No. So. They, they, they stopped the games during And you want to talk about a lot of money. Did. Oh, Japan, Tokyo is going to take... Yeah, I don't yeah, guess. I mean, look at the, they've already can, invested a ton in the economic right. impact in Japan. In the United States, look at the billions of dollars that NBC invests in broadcasting it. Mm-hmm. All gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. If the, if it happens, it's just wild to me. So you got those two things. Other, you know, like there's film festivals around the around the, the nation that have been taken out. Uh, CBS is having to can't not really cancel, but having to basically postpone the Amazing Race, um, Carnival in Venice. Uh, the Emerald City Comic Con postponed Comic-Con. until summer. Oh my God! Several Comic Cons are are looking into re- rescheduling. Um, something we haven't talked about, but we 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 did text about a few months ago was Mission Impossible. Uh, its next movie it has been production was delayed. was delayed. So because like because of coronavirus. I think when we look at and I haven't uh, haven't really been had time to like go over any of this, um, and I haven't seen anybody else do it, but. I think in future generations we'll probably have to put an asterisk, asterisk on 2020 in terms of box office stats because uh, it's impacting movies production 
and release on a, a kind of erratic scale because it's all like it's i mean there's no consensus about how bad this is and how you know what should be put off and what shouldn't so we'll kind of have to see what uh, the overall returns are in the future in terms of movies because this could be a real down year um to no fault of the industry yeah necessarily here's an interesting point in the, this cnn article is about how no Time to Die was the first major movie to delay its release because of coronavirus, but it may not be the last one. And they talk about specifically Fast and Furious franchise, uh, Fast 9. Yeah. Comes out Memorial Day weekend in North America, and that franchise has historically made most of its money overseas. That's yeah, true. And if, even if they keep to the release date, if all these theater chains remain closed, um, they're gonna they're not going to make as much money as they would have otherwise. And yeah, it's gonna you're gonna have to think about that asterisk next to this whole year of box office returns, because mm-hmm. China is the second biggest um, theater marketplace in the world behind the United States. That's true, and I, and China uh, should probably should say too. China, the government has basically shut down film production. Like they, <coughs> they, they. There's no. I mean, you know, they they have their own domestic films. There's nothing being made right now for them. So like, they're that's a they're even their industry going down hard. Um, the the only way I could sorry what go ahead the only way I could see their way out of this is that they release these movies is if they wanted to keep the release dates original then maybe in China specifically in any any market that doesn't have it'd be hard to track any market that does that is like specifically closing specifically closing things due to coronavirus make it video on demand. They wouldn't make any money. It, they wouldn't make any money though, but they would still keep in. They would still. Uh, keep the they made you pay for it. Yeah, I don't think people would. You never know. I mean, <clears throat> but if you make a video on demand for God knows how long, until like the original release date of the video comes out, mm. it might work. It might not work. I'm just saying that might, that might be an option because I remember they did that with what was it? The interview. The interview was released video on demand. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how well it did because I know that like there was fears that there was fears there was there was going to be retaliation from North Korea. North Korea, but and since and since doesn't doesn't Disney own doesn't Disney own the Bond franchise? No, uh, MG, uh, MGM does technically I think, and then MGM okay. owns the somehow the film rights. Okay. Eon, I know, is a big part of that. Yeah, that's a that's a complicated thing, but like it is. But yeah, that's that's the only way I could think they could possibly make that up. But yeah, no one would want to go see it because everybody wants to be in a big giant theater. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to work that out. Um, but that would be my only liable solution. Yeah, but it's a big global problem affecting. It's a, it's a big global. It's a big global problem. Nations. Uh, whole industries and of course our podcast so yeah that's the most important thing. that really is when you come down to it yeah. well that's enough corona talk I think I think so coronavirus I talk more we can say. look so at us being smart let's talk about some of the new movies out around yeah. this time that we've gotten to see okay um, let's talk about the Invisible Man. Ooh, The Invisible Man. Cool. If you haven't seen The Invisible Man yet, we will uh, do our best to avoid spoilers. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're really worried about it, just don't listen. Yeah. Skip ahead a little bit. Use it but we're going to try not to talk about it anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. 15. Hit that 30-second button a few times. So The Invisible Man is a a modern retelling of the classic Invisible Man monster story. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really... I'm not really familiar with the origin story of the OG original man. I don't know if it's based on the book. I don't remember when the book was released. It's clearly not based on anything. Well, I mean, I don't know if the book inspired the movie adaptations or not. Um, I've never read the book. It's been a long time since I've seen the original version, but it's not that great. I don't know. I I told uh, you when we were... So Josh and I went and saw this uh, when we were in California, and I was saying that it's never been really well executed. Uh, My favorite version of it was the Abbott and Costello one, which is not real. I mean, it's real, but it's not like scary. It's just funny, and Abbott and Costello are funny. Um, So this one has far surpassed it. I mean, it is, I'm, I, it's hard to talk about this movie because I how much I liked it and not give specifics. Um, the tension is high right out the gate and ain't nobody invisible in the beginning of this movie. Um, but you feel it. You don't really even know what's going on and you feel the tension of the main character. Um, and then it just keeps building and building and building from there. I kind of want to give a little <laughs> bit of props to Jason Blum. Jason Blum, excuse me. Because Jason Blum, this is a Blumhouse production, am I, am I correct? They are, yes. Okay. So he's restoring the uh, he's restoring the Universal Monster, I guess. Well, so they were trying to do, they've been trying to do this for a while. Because yeah, been, like, they, the, they haven't really, like, if you look at it, monster movies are not like... I mean, they're not around much. No, right now, especially today. And they tried to do it with Tom Cruise Mummy, and it stank. Yeah, to my understanding, not seen it, can't judge it. <laughs> but based on what I've read, is stank. Yeah, nobody seemed to and dig it that much. That's a shame because I really want these movies to succeed. Um, I like Frankenstein. I like Dracula. I like The Invisible Man. I like The Werewolf. Um, I like all of those old Universal monster movies, and and they're trying to really recreate it. They want to create a um, monster land or whatever at Universal Theme Park. They have a board game that's based on all of these Universal monsters. So they're really trying to invest in this, and they haven't had... They didn't have success with The Mummy, and then the one horror company in my opinion, that does a really good job is Blumhouse. Yep. Um, they have a uh, lot of swings a, and misses. A24 would like a word. Well, okay. A twi- <laughs> okay, let me rephrase. A24 and Blumhouse are the two companies that are really doing horror movies right. Yeah, they know I don't do. feel like you can go wrong. I, Blumhouse has got some swing and misses, but at least they're trying things. And what's mm-hmm. uh, what's Jordan Peele's company called? Monkey, Monkey Paw? Paw? Right, hey, but want to talk to you too. doesn't he, <laughs> didn't like he work with Blumhouse for Get Out? Yep. So yeah, like now he's got his own company. He got his own company, but like Blumhouse helped that get yeah, started. But the point is, you're wrong. No, <laughs> <laughs> but Jordan you're missing the point. Anyway, Josh is feeling better. Anyway, he is. I'm getting. But internet. no, my point is those two, and I'll we'll obviously throw Jordan Peele in there. But like, they're slowly starting to get this. But to give the, with the idea, I assume you might know more than me. The idea is to give Blumhouse these Universal movies and say make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and work. with this, if this is the any kind of like sign, it's going to be good. Yeah. So in this reimagination of horror that we're coming that we're coming into, I think Jason Bloom 
Blum is, I think Jason Blum, seems to be the right man to do it. And yeah. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, though. That Jason Blum's going to be involved in all of them. You don't think so? Or any of them. Not in, not in the list I'm looking at. of the, the Are they spreading list. them out? Yeah. Um, so, first off, um, well, people don't even remember this. But the mummy didn't start the Dark Universe. Did it not? Dracula Dracula Untold Untold started the Dark Universe. Oh, goodness gracious. I don't even remember that one. I forgot about that. 2014 (laughs) starring Luke Evans. Yeah, that didn't work out either. Oh, well, let's pretend that doesn't exist. So, then the mummy came out. Right. And now we've got the Invisible Man. And after this, these movies all don't have release dates set yet. But they mostly have people attached. Um, Dark Army... Is in the Universal reboot. What's that? I don't fully know Based yet. On. Okay, but it's uh, being written and directed by Paul Feig. How people mm-hmm. like him. Produced by Paul Feig as well. And then the next one is called Renfield. Mm. Oh, I think I know is, what it's um, about. Be about Renfield. Uh, uh, yeah, that's Dracula's little sidekick. Yeah. Jiminy Christmas. No, that's not a real person. I know, but okay. like. I, I'm just, I'm just He's in a different world. I, I'm looking through all like the like the classic Universal, the classic monster movie, all, monster movie, monster movies. There's yeah. like, yeah, they had a whole universe. They got a yeah, and it's it's crazy that they're trying to like they're trying to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's kind of crazy it, that they haven't been able success. to do it. So I'm looking up, I'm looking at this Dark Army movie in real time. Um, uh, oh, interesting. They don't know. Nobody knows. It says no one is willing to be specific on how Paul Feig's film will tie into the monster universe, but that it will include characters from Universal's classic monster library and original characters created by him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, there's still several more after that. After Renfield, there is a Frankenstein. Yeah. Okay. Which is um, being written and directed by no written by a man named Robbie Thompson, who I'm not familiar with, and produced by James Wan. Mm. The uh, of Aquaman. Of Aquaman and the... Uh, uh, what is this? Saw? No. What's The Conjuring? Oh, there you go. Yeah. The Conjuring movies. Uh, that's Frankenstein. <laughs> There's an Invisible Woman movie coming. Oh, okay. Directed by Elizabeth Banks. Hmm. Story by Elizabeth Banks. That should be good. And there's a movie called Monster Mash coming. Oh, that's going to be great. And starring then, Will Ferrell. <laughs> not starring anyone yet. John C. Reilly. <laughs> I did the mash! And then there's a uh, movie, there's The Bride of Frankenstein coming. Sweet. Written by uh, David Kep. Hello. Who was known for writing Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park uh, Indiana Jones, The King of the Crystal Skull. Starring Melissa McCarthy. Mission Impossible, War of the Worlds. He keeps saying Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Panic Room. He picked a weird movie to name. He would. So I don't know. I would like the classic try... early two thousand movie starring Jodie Foster and a young who Kirsten Stewart. Kirsten, no. Kirsten Stewart. Kirsten correct. Stewart. Correct. Directed Panic Room. I don't think so. Yes. Direct, directed by David Fincher. Fincher yeah. Well, yeah. There's a weird was... one take intro at the beginning of that movie. I say <sighs> weird. It's not bad. It's just a. Uh, say what? There's a one take intro for that movie where they go from like oh. yeah, the we're, window we're of the house all the way up to the Panic Room, but they Kirsten go like. Stewart. They go like through a no. banister that's not actually there. Anyway, we went on that mm. Universal Monsters a great, a great tangent. Yeah. Talk about The Invisible Man. Yeah, I, this I, is a modern I, retelling. There is um, 
So, nope, I'm just not going to say it. I have a question. Say yeah. And, yes. So you guys have all seen it? No. no. Okay. Just no. us two. Just you two. <laughs> no, I've only seen the trailer. Uh, it's a very, very good trailer, I yes. would say, for the movie. Maybe. Very intense. It definitely had me go, oh. Like, I'm always a little bit jumpy with horror movies, as you guys know. <laughs> right, um, right. Very scared. I'm a little baby. Uh, but this had a real, like, I don't know. Um, it's had a very, I don't know, a very interesting human element it felt very smartly written mm-hmm. just it just, just based on the trailer <clears throat> now i you know trailers can be misleading but i would i want i would ask like does it kind of fit with the more smarter horror films we've seen lately these kind of like really i don't know i'm trying to think of like you know like when we saw like you know we watched like happy death day and we watched it and get out and us and things like that does it fit within this sort of like renaissance we're seeming to be going through i think so yeah. it's very modern it's very smart um it doesn't you know one of the things that i think ties those movies you mentioned together is there's not a lot of like supernatural elements or magical stuff and it definitely sticks to that mm-hmm. um it's more realistic horror while being kind of fantastical in the way that those are, yeah, um, they, it's the the whole idea, the whole premise of the Invisible Man is a tough one to do. Um, I feel like it has some really good potential. Mm-hmm. Most of like it, it, it's it seems like it could be great, but at the same time, you have to make sure that the person that goes invisible is a crazy person, mm-hmm. or or you build him up in some way to execute it right because if he just goes invisible it doesn't like give him crazy strength it doesn't really enhance him in any way other than he's invisible so he has to have some form of like creepiness about him Mm. um but it also has to be realistic because if it's like this magical elixir that you can just drink and it doesn't really work as well so they modernize it in a way that is very clever um and even though it's fantastical, it is, I think it's believable the way they set it up. Right, it's explained enough. I mean, obviously you're gonna you watch and you go, it probably can't happen. And no, it probably can't. But no. they they attempt to explain the world but to it's, you. Yeah, but it's a it's a, I mean it's a it's a what if. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and the great thing about good movies is when they take that what if and they execute it really flawlessly. So like, what if the like worst person. Could, you could give a superpower to had a superpower like what if a uh dirt yeah. like a like a like a horrible psychological manipulative abuser had the ability to be invisible yeah. like it would be a, it would be a literal horror situation and that exact element is what makes the character so intimidating is you do get to see enough of him in the beginning to know why you should be afraid of him and then why you should be even more afraid of him once things start going wrong right now obviously the trailer kind of gives it away but like is there is there sort of like enough room when you're watching to doubt when he's there and when he's not yeah um yeah 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 that is one thing that i thought the film does well is you are really wondering if he's there or not and sometimes he's not and sometimes he is and it's not always obvious and i like that about it um Elizabeth Moss is really good in it. Oh, oh poor Elizabeth Moss. She's a great actress. Uh, she's like, I don't know, 
We made that woman suffer through six seasons of Mad Men, and then we just torture her every day since. You know? and like, can it, you know, I think I'm with the rest of the internet. Can we give Elizabeth Moss a nice rom-com to settle down? Feel like, let her date Jack Black in a movie or something like that. Let her chill. So Stop torturing Elizabeth Moss. I'm going to say this part because I feel like it doesn't, it's not a spoiler because it's like the first ten minutes. Yeah. Um... But I want to point out what I wanted this movie to be because mm-hmm. I thought each character brings so much to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first 10 to 15 minutes, it's a movie about a woman who escapes an abusive relationship and goes to live with a really great family. And if it ended there, I would have been <laughs> so happy. <laughs> but that's the first 10 to 15 minutes. And then I'm, yeah. I was sitting there thinking, man, this is really nice and they're going to ruin it. <laughs> Something's going to happen and they're going to ruin it. Yeah, There are parts that like, I've never been involved in a movie where, like, someone legitimately screams bloody murder. Mm-hmm. This lady behind us, there's something happens, and she screamed <laughs> just loud and, like, terrifying. I don't remember screen. that. Can you describe what it was with in a way that I will understand, but they yeah. won't? Um, it was, it, the end of the story, it's Josh was sitting behind you. It was, the, it was the first realization that... She, that the invisible man was around and um hmm, I don't know if that does I don't know uh, if that's because what I can't I, say because, I know I know we'll have to talk about it later because what I'm I'm either forgetting what the first realization was or I'm there's a ladder oh see that's not the first realization I was going with ah uh, okay because that is uh more in your face yeah I was thinking of like some of the movements. Yeah, no. As the first. No. Okay. Um, okay, okay. That scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> I may have been the lady on screen. <laughs> it may have been me. <laughs> there was. And then there there's several twists that they have in this movie too, mm-hmm. where you think it's going one direction and then they flip it on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, Zane leaves. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was a moment specifically where you think things are are going well, and then they flip a switch, and my jaw drop, like eyes, bug eye, jaw on the floor, uh, hands and over mouth and nose in just sheer like. What? Some, some there are several layers of twists, and some are more shocking than so, others. That's for sure. So, what would you guys give it? Five, five, stars. five stars is the best movie I've seen all year. Oh, that's great. That's in, great. Yeah, I mean it's early March, but yeah. Right. All right. Um. And that's that. Uh, did you see that it was written and directed by the man who co-created Saw? Your favorite horror franchise? This one? Yeah, not I James Wan, but the other guy. Oh, um, oh goodness, I can't remember his name. He's good, though. Yeah, he also did Upgrade a couple years ago, which was a really good Upgrade movie. Upgrade was good. I, can't, I wish I could remember his name. It's slipping my mind, but yeah, no, I did not know that. Oh, here, here. Uh, so now, um, oh, yeah. Oh, Lay 1L? Lay 1L, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's good. So, our second movie we'll talk about, and let's see, where are we at for this show? We're like 37 minutes in, so this conversation might be long enough to be to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I was not, I did not get to see this movie, but you all three mm-hmm. saw Disney Pixar's Onward. That's right. The latest yep. Pixar movie, and the first since Coco, I believe, to be an original concept. Yeah. Because Toy Story 4 came out in between then. Yeah. Uh, it's always fun, to me, when... Pixar releases an original movie, mm-hmm. and that's not a sequel. Yeah, yep. they had a long streak of that. For a I long know, time. and they've they've gotten into the sequel habit. And while most of them are pretty good, 
I miss that original mm-hmm. originality of Pixar. Got two this year. And so I'm just going to talk a little bit <clears throat> on the top about my uh, inter- or my thoughts on this movie, having not seen it yet, before you all talk. Because you can address my things, because I'm sure you all will share some of them. The movie's marketing, I don't know who it was for. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite look like it was being marketed toward kids or adults, which is the Disney Pixar's... The, like secret sauce is mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. Um, all I could tell about it was it's two people or elves. Yeah, is that what they elves. are. Elves. Yeah. elves who live in this magical world mm-hmm. who are trying to reconnect with their dad, who I believe is dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds like a good concept, mm. but the 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 marketing wasn't very strong for me. No. So I will say. That I'm cautiously optimistic about going to see it, hopefully sometime soon. And with that said, y'all can now talk about whether or not it lived up to that marketing or not. Andrew, I'll let you start. So, one thing I will say... Is is that I fell asleep in the movie. (laughs) Did you fall asleep in the movie, Andrew? He's not wrong. (laughs) I just want to, for the record, this movie started at 7 o'clock p.m. And what is it, like an hour and a half? Yep. We were out by 9. Andrew was asleep by eight. <laughs> Did you wake up before the movie ended? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't miss anything important. You I, don't know that. At least I don't remember. But like, the thing is, is that like, when it comes to, when it comes to this movie in general, it reminded me, I think the concept was really good. I think it had, I think it had a great concept. I loved, I, I can't tell too much of it because he's in the other room. But like, uh, that would be the perfect time to tell it. Well, like he's going to edit the podcast. Yeah, oh, that's he's going to edit the podcast. I don't want to explain too much of it. Yeah, but there is like there's one element of it. Like there is one element of it that I can't really explain. So I'm just going to have to start over. Again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Let, let, me, let me start again. Yeah. Oh boy! So, backspace, 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 backspace. Please, Josh. Please restart this. So were you awake by the end of the movie? By the just take it there. Uh, so, I think the concept <laughs> for this film was good. What do you mean by the concept? I feel like the concept of of the plot. I think the plot was pretty decent. I okay. wish there was a little bit more backstory to it because I feel like there was no. I don't feel like there was a whole lot of character development. Mm-hmm. I feel like That's I feel the part like you slept through, bro. I, I maybe yeah. maybe so, but like That's true. I feel like there was I feel like there was some parts to it where it was just like. It felt really rushed. It didn't feel... There were parts to it that didn't feel like a Pixar movie. Mm. It felt like kind of a Disney movie with Pixar's name on it. Mm. And there, uh, there... There were... It reminded me a little bit of, like, Cars in that aspect. Because Cars... I was cars, compare it to a Disney... To another Pixar movie, but it wasn't going to be Cars. Like, Go ahead. Like, Cars... Cars is like to me for the longest time has been the most Disney Pixar has been the most Disney movie that Pixar's ever put out because it's an original concept but you can tell like you can tell they're 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 doing they're it's a lot more punny yeah it's a lot more punny and there's also not a lot of like there there's like a lot less heart into it I don't know, know about that like, but it definitely doesn't feel as I don't know. Yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, Cars is yeah. not as well looked upon as a lot of the others. But like when it comes to Onward here, Onward does have does have it doesn't have like those magical moments. I would say it's literally about magic. 
Yeah. I know, but like there's nothing but magical moments. Mm-hmm. There, but there was like there wasn't like a whole lot of like I don't know development here in terms of plot and character. It was still a good movie. I still liked it. I wouldn't say that it's one of my favorite Pixar movies. I don't know what you're talking about because I agree with you that it's not one of my favorite Pixar movies, but this whole thing was about a pivotal changing moment for the two main Mm -hmm. characters where Mm -hmm. they completely changed themselves. Yeah. It's a real coming of age story. what part am I missing where you're saying they didn't have any character development? I just feel like it was way too fast. I just feel like it was way too fast paced for my taste anyway. Hmm. And I feel like I feel like there was just so much that was going on. It's just like there's like See uh, See, Yeah. No, I'll get so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start in now. Because I kind of He obviously slept through the character development. I go the other way. (laughs) I go the other way on it. I think it was a little slow getting started for me. I think there's a lot of good uh, there's a lot of good cool moments. You know, it's it's this world where magic and magical creatures of mostly Western uh, literary style, you know, you have elves and dragons and trolls and yeah. uh, manticores, manticores and things like that. So they uh, and wizards and things, they had uh, an industrial era and technolo- techno- technological booms. Yeah. And so you have mermaids hanging out on their phones. You have centaurs driving cars. Yeah. It's like if you know. If 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 you know, it's like if Middle Earth was in the 21st century. Yeah, that, like it's. Yeah. I really liked like the ability because the they looked at like again, it was just like how we used to be. You know, yeah. they they really do a good job of like the cavemen who were trying to make fire, and then you had the wizards who were like, "Here's fire to help." Yeah. And then someone was like, "Light bulb," and then yeah. everyone was like, "Well, I don't need to do the hard stuff. They yeah. just flip a switch." And right. I really like that because it takes away. And it puts you in this world that you're familiar with, even if right. it's this magical essence. It's a big commentary on our own life of. <laughs> You know, we made it. We made so many things are, uh, as Miranda Lambert song says, automatic these days. You don't have to learn how to do hard things because so many things are basically at your fingertips now. And so that concept, while really, like you said, really good, and I and I like the aesthetic of the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't really take as much advantage of that as they could have. They really quickly shifted from that broad storyline to a very focused storyline about these two boys, these brothers, who have basically grown up without their father. And on the youngest brother's 16th birthday, they are given a gift from their past father, who is revealed to have been a wizard of some sort, and has left them a a spell that will bring him back for one day. And so I was very much interested, but like you said, there wasn't as much... Of that Pixar humor, I yeah. felt like right away. I feel like there was something. I feel like there was just something missing to it. And yeah. and so for me, the first two thirds of the movie felt a little slow. But I really feel like the movie sticks the landing by the end of the movie mm-hmm. because it was very, uh, very. It was. It, it gets to a very emotional point by the finish, mm-hmm. and you really. It's not. I, I feel like you see it a lot, but it's not too often that you see like a good animated movie about brothers um that really kind of speaks to the bond of the bond of brothers that grew up in that type of situation i feel like this is probably a very personal story for the writers who are brothers for the director i'm sure it's a very personal story for them that's what pixar seems to focus on i do agree that there's kind of a tier level of pixar films Mm -hmm. they're sort of your really upper tiers which are like your toy stories 
maybe like your Monster Inc. Monsters like, Inc. Like and like uh, Inside Out. Inside Out. I think I put Coco up there. And then there's kind of movies that are sort of like in the second tier, like Ratatouille and maybe Wall-E, Up. Movies that people really love but aren't like those like ones that everybody puts at the very top of their list. Um, there are some people that will put Wally in that upper category, put Up in that upper category, whatever. You, you know, I, I'm not trying to say those are bad movies. But this kind of, to me, feels more like... I put it in the same place in my head as like Ratatouille. Like, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to pop it in if you say, hey, do you want to watch Onward or do you want to watch Toy Story 3? I'm probably going to pick Toy Story 3. Yeah. Yeah, this one... Uh, I, I go back to what Josh said about the marketing of it because, you know, I'm sure your theater experience was very similar, David. We were in there with a bunch of kids, and yeah. like I didn't hear any, and if I did, it was minimal, like child laughter. Yeah. No, it was like twice. Yeah, there was not, there were not a lot of moments where it seemed like it was marketed towards kids. It did not have that same no. noticeable humor. Now the movie was funny, yeah. but it was also kind of a, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it it was upper level humor. It wasn't like smart, but it was it was like. Kid level humor is pretty easy. Yeah, it was a in between that and 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 so a lot of those it jokes that hit like, me, they yeah. didn't hit the kids. I mean, it was kind of like, it was kind of <clears> like <throat> I've graduated from. I, it's kind of like I'm living on my own commentary humor. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of things that like you kind of get if you're like a single parent. If anything, I feel like the parents will laugh at more things in this mm-hmm. movie than the kids will. There was one really big laugh, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's in the trailer when uh, Burley gets shrunk. And he go, you know, he's like, "You're huge. The van's huge." And oh no, yeah, like that got a big laugh from the like the four kids that were in my theater. Yeah, uh, my theater experience was kind of just me and my wife. There was a group of three in the front, a group of three in the back, and then there was like a man in a trench coat. Oh, I was mm. nervous about him for the whole movie, <laughs> but he was the manticore. He had a he had a long ponytail and a trench coat, and I didn't like either of those elements on their own. They wouldn't have been good either, but together, I was very nervous. Anyhow. It was, uh, it was, yeah, not, not, I think, Pixar's normal level of humor. No. It was, but it was a very, I mean, it's a great story. Yeah, by but the it's, end. But it, it, I don't know. It, I go on record of saying, classify. I cry harder in Pixar movies than I do any other movie. Did and this really one, make you cry? It made me have a single tear. Uh-huh. It did, I got a little welted up when all the feels happened there near the end, but uh, um, overall, yeah, it, it didn't really land with me as well and and i was not sold on the movie going into it i didn't think the trailers made it look Mm -hmm. that great um i was not not feeling it Mm -hmm. and then i don't remember when it was um two three weeks ago i saw a trailer that really made it look good and then i never saw that trailer again um so i was but i have enough trust in pixar to be like even if it's not that great it's gonna be good yeah and that's kind of where i fall on this one is it's not as great as some of the other ones um but it is a good movie and i recommend people going to see it yeah um it does have a good story um there's you know i think i think the way that it ends based on how the story is told is a little bit of a twist honestly yeah um the way that they wrap things up was not exactly what i was expecting no, it's, I mean, it's very, there's, there is a lot of heart and there is a lot of, uh, there, I think there's something there for the family, but it's a very personal story. It feels like to me. Yeah. So like, you're either going to, you'll either relate to it or you won't. And I don't necessarily relate to it. I relate to elements of it, yeah. but 
I don't know. It definitely, it, I think the, it's not, not the same in terms of the family premise, but I feel like the better version of this movie was Utopia. Mm-hmm. was a movie which was kind of like a similar, like, animals, but in a modern-day mm-hmm. anthropomorphic setting. And we're going to tell, like, a really interesting story with that. I feel like they could have done that here, but it's very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, How did you guys feel about the Simpsons short? That was kind of fun. I did, yeah. I don't really watch Simpsons, so I don't know if that was on Ken character or, like, how good that was. No, it, it was. was. No, I it mean, was it was written good. by the Simpsons. It, it, yeah. it was written, it had, like, seven writers, yeah. I think. It had a lot of people that were that were attached to it, but no, it was. I actually really liked it, and I it's liked that. I, I like the uh, I like the reveal at the beginning of it when they went from when they went from the Mickey Mouse to yeah. Homer and the Donuts. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. I thought I thought that was really clever. Yeah, I'm glad that that's they're sweet. doing stuff like this uh, with the Simpsons. Um, it, it, I hope that it's a because you know the Simpsons been on for what 30 years now. Yeah, and uh, you know they go through ups and downs in the first. Ten seasons, I think, are just fantastic, and then the it's kind of dipped yeah. a little bit. So I'm hoping that things like this will get a new group of people interested and give a shot of like adrenaline or something into The Simpsons, and then be like, we can really try to branch out and do the things that we know we can, rather than being restricted by. Yeah, just think about all that IP they have to make fun of. It's, yeah, it's also not the first time that they that they've done shorts. I believe. No. It's, no, maybe not. I think I think it's the first. This is actually the second one that I know of because I think the first one they did it did involve Maggie. It was nominated for an Oscar. Hmm, could be. So uh, a couple yeah. Of years ago. Uh, other yeah. than that, uh, we'll wrap it up a little bit here. Garrett and I both saw a movie called Honey Girl. It's weird. Horse Girl. Horse Girl. Not Honey Girl. Sorry. Horse Girl. It's weird. Uh, it's got Allison Brie. She's really good. Yeah. Um, you know what? The only my big takeaway of that movie was Molly Shannon needs to get a lot more work. Molly Shannon Molly was Shannon. great in that movie. Yeah, she's really good, and I yep. think there should be more Molly Shannon. Yep. Um, let's see here. I will do a quick uh, box office thing. Onward's headed towards $42 million this weekend. Uh, Invisible Man's <clears throat> headed towards eleven. Sonic the Hedgehog's headed towards eight. And then Call of the Wild might make $7 million. And then uh, projections are for The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Did you guys see that? No, yeah, but it's on the list. It, it, just, a, it just came out, I think. It's not headed towards a big opening, but it's only in like 2,000 theaters. So mm. it's headed towards like a 6.5. I'm interested opening. in it. Yeah. Looks better than another Ben Affleck movie that I saw called The Last Thing He Wanted. Yeah. Don't watch oh, it. Oh, you watched that on Netflix, right? I did, don't. Yeah, Anne Hathaway? It does. It doesn't help. Two other little mm. things that I wrote down. We don't really have to talk about them very long. Do you guys see that uh, Batmobile image? I did, and I like it. I like it a I lot. I like the Batmobile a lot. I don't think I saw the Batmobile. Oh, I saw the... Yeah, I saw the it uh, reminds me of the it looks cool. 66 Google Matt Batmobile, Reeves Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. which is my favorite Batmobile oh, by a long shot. Which it looks like a... 66. Kick, it looks like a kick-ass sports car that's yeah. been super-fitted. Instead of like a big tank, which I, I like. You know, I, I like the big tanks. They're cool. But, man, this looks like a Batmobile. Yeah, I think it looks and cool. And then... Um, it's a nice return to form after we got the Tumblr for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is cool in its own way, but not my Batmobile, you know? Hashtag yeah. not my Batmobile. And then, and then we got, and we got the, Zack Snyder's sort of they did new take that, on, I didn't care on for a it. very Tumblr-style Batmobile, yeah. tank-style car. Yeah. Yep, that's it. it yeah, so these cool. look like posters. These could be... It looks like posters. it really... It looks oh. like you could see, race that sucker at Le Mans in the Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. True. That's true. Ford, Speaking though, of Ford v. Ferrari... This isn't confirmed yet, but Steven Spielberg is not going to be directing Indiana Jones 5, but Damn. in talks, supposedly, is James Mangold, the director Damn. of Yay. 4D Ferrari. Should be very Logan. interesting. If it is Mangold, I think that's very promising so, for the so. franchise. It'd be very nice to get a good. new... Um, you know, there. no one should ever have a reason to doubt Steven Spielberg. No. But it will, it will be interesting to see a new voice tell this story. Yeah. Yep. Especially um, one that... 
this is gonna this is gonna sound uh, I don't know how this is gonna sound uh, a, a director who seems to have really appealed to or tapped into what makes male characters work mm-hmm. so well if you look at Logan and you look at Ford v Ferrari these are movies that have I think shown like good for the most part good forms of masculinity on screen and he's really ta- I mean like a lot of his films are very popular with uh, adult men and you're looking at it, Harrison Ford who's an older man at this point that's going to realistically be the last Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones movie so you would look think. at a guy who's really good at telling mm-hmm. sort of stories from I, I, I think that point of view of older men still trying to capture that element of whatever it was that made them you know great yeah. I don't. I think it's there's a chance there for what's I, weird I, I, to me. Without having without going into it too long, is it seems like most likely that this would be Harrison Ford's last turn as Indiana Jones. Right, he's older. Right, he's he recently just said goodbye to Han Solo finally, but at the same time, why bring Indiana Jones back at all if for one last time? Yeah, when we yeah. already had yeah. a air quote one last time right? Yeah. and people can complain and, and say what they want online it made hella money yeah. so it did what it needed to do right it's like why reinvigorate the franchise if there's not a plan for the future there must be yeah that's what I'm thinking oh maybe and I mean I, you look at it they've got uh, you know they've got this new great de-aging technology now they can potentially tell some stories that they couldn't have told even 15, 20 years ago with Indiana Jones that they can tell now, um, you know, maybe it takes place in two different time periods. Maybe, maybe you have old Indiana, maybe it's a, it's a inspired by young Indiana Jones in that sense of you have old Indy as Harrison Ford now, and then you have flashbacks to young Indy during whatever the story is. And it's still Harrison Ford, you know, uh, the, the chances there, the opportunity there to do whatever they want is really available with all the technology Mm -hmm. and the actors and the, the money that Disney can put into it. Harrison Ford will always be Indiana Jones, but I still believe that the character should be treated like James Bond. Yep. He apparently That's doesn't. what I want. Well, he's the last say, he's, in my opinion. But I think that would be cool because Indiana Jones is like the only great adventure series on film we have right now. And I would love another one, but no one seems to be doing it. Yeah. And I love adventure movies. It's been a while since we had a good adventure movie. Yeah, probably since Indiana Jones and the yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, and many will debate me on that. I, was, I feel like I just watched something that was a good... Anyway. Anyway, Talk we have one movie. last thing to do today. Oh, that's right. Is we need to figure out what movies we're going to review next. And oh, to boy. do that, we have implemented a brand new tool. Yeah. Uh, Called the Wheel of Sequels. Name still pending. Yeah. Name still All right, sure. say it again, Garrett. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I want to record this for posterity for myself as well. The Wheel of Sequels. Name still pending. That's right. Whoa. Oh, my God. There it is. Look at that wheel. All so right. we have got this wheel put together. You can see you may not be able to read them all because there's... That's okay. Here. I'm going to do some fun oh, editing yeah. with yeah. the video. We've got video okay. now. It will be released soon. Just give me time to catch up. So, we, we don't need to go through the whole explanation, but basically, we sat down and went through a process to get these movies on the board. What do we got on the board? We've got Twilight, Star Trek Next Generation films. Alright. The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Woo-hoo. Cloverfield, The Matrix, 
Alvin and the Chipmunks, <laughs> Bad Boys, that was my fault. and Men in Black. Yeah, the whole idea was we each picked good ones that we wanted to do and bad ones that we were not excited about. Right, and <clears throat> after they've sat for several weeks on this board, I think they might all be ones we're not excited about. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, we're what you got a question? You are a member of the show. What what could you possibly not know? What's it going to land on? Oh, well, that's part right. Because there's no arrow. Oh, um, whatever. It's the, the top one. Whatever the whatever the, the I think whatever. No, it's the most top one. Okay, whatever one is at the okay. most. Top because there's the still way. listen. I built this thing with my own two hands. You criticizing my wheel? I'll beat you with it. No, I'm not criticizing. Yeah, shit. there's one thing He's that needs to be changed. Coming in with a wheel, by God. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's one element that still needs to go on there. I'm aware of this. For yeah. now, we get to basically whatever the most top one is. We'll take it. Um, neat. So. I'm gonna spin it. Let's do this, and then whatever it lands on. Mm. Now, what we never—I don't remember. It's been so long since we put this together. Yeah, it's been a while. We just do it, or yep. was there a conversation? We, we know we have to do it, but the conver—we have to do whatever the wheel decides. But to replace that one, we can have a discussion. Yeah, I don't know. I, okay, you'll be in charge of that then. I don't understand. Here we go. Here we one, go. Two, two. I'm gonna spin it as hard as I can. Come on, next generation! Next generation! Oh no, that's a weird one. It's oh. right. Ah, oh, you would get it right on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we need to spin that again. Oh, shit. Tied it up. All right, all right again. What? Of course, the first spin yeah, it is goes screwed well. like yep, that. Yep. Here, Andrew, you be the, you on, be the on, air. Put actually. your finger back in. Here. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do not put your finger anywhere near it. Don't <laughs> touch it! <laughs> okay. I bought a box of 60 pins the other day. <laughs> and I'm going to tape a pin. Listen, to you got to get ingenuitive sometimes. Exactly. This box of pins cost $5. So. That's a lot of pins. I know. Well, I keep losing my pins, and I'm tired of losing them. I keep making deals, and I'm tired of losing them. <laughs> That's King Curtis. It just barely pops over, but that'll be. Yeah, that's right. I was going to get it. Oh, no, the pen did take down all the way. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, would it's you rather use one of these longer markers? Why not use like a ruler or something, or like a knife? What do we look like, school teachers? <laughs> <laughs> and why, yeah. Who has a ruler? You see a ruler? You want to attach a knife to this thing? Yeah. It's already a deadly weapon. I don't want to attach a knife to it. <clears throat> all right, we're unveiling. Ooh, hang on, I did it vertical. I don't want to do that. You gonna have to sit down though. Alright, we are unveiling the wheel. This is the first ever spin. That's right. Going on Twitter, boys. I'm gonna spin it as hard as I can. Here we go. One, two. I'm gonna hit that pin, I'm afraid. Oh my Men in black! Men in black! Men in black! Cool. Alright, so we're gonna do men in black. Which I mean technically would have to include Men in Black International. It does. Oh it yes. is. Uh <coughs> part of that series. It is. So we will do Men in Black 1, 2, 3, and International. May God have mercy on our souls, especially for the last one. You're the only one that's I'm seen it. I'm the only one who's seen it, and yep. it is god-awful. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, I don't even, y'all, it's so boring. It's boring, and that's a shame, because a movie like that shouldn't be. All right. Well, I'll see you guys next weekend. Uh, yeah, for Men in Black 1. When I, I, yeah, well, that's our next thing. It doesn't matter when it happens. This looks great. 
Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hang on. Sorry, I okay. bonked the whole thing. I meant to say it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Um, find us online at facebook.com slash pod, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. We are posting our reviews there under our, our names as well as so many sequels pod. Just search for our handle there. Okay. And share, <laughs> <laughs> share the show on your social pages, please. It helps us out a lot and leave us a review and a rating. Okay, bye. Till next time. Okay. See ya.